You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. Tom here, and we are back with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Ooh, fellas, you hear a little extra pep in my step today is because them boys, the Panthers, finally came through with a dub. Not only that, but my Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm adopting them as my second team this year. Ooh, <laughs> hold, that, hold on. They done pulled out another one. Uh, hold up, Tom, before we jump into that, because I know we're not doing what you did this weekend, but I have to let y'all know how my week started versus how it ended okay we had a nice beautiful podcast on monday uh i went and worked out after our podcast and then i uh went to the gym i went to the gym on tuesday and i was doing push-ups and as i was doing push-ups i ripped my nail completely off my finger bro to where it pushed back into my cuticle what do you do after something like that happened. It sounds like you should have been uh, clipping your fingernails. I let them get too long. You're right. I did. Oh, Michael, how how is your fingernail going in? Are you doing fingertip push-ups? Because if you're putting on regular push-ups, your feet, hands are flat. So, like, how did that happen? I I, I know. Everybody's asked that question. So, I was doing push-up complex, where you do the staggered push-up, then you cross over. Well, when I crossed over... I'm obviously tired because I'm going through like my second or third rep and it catches onto my watch. And when it catch my watch, my watch rips my fingernail off. Crossing Again, how over. did your watch get onto your fingernail? Because it was it's on my wrist. And when you cross over, you cross over like this. Oh, I didn't know you were doing the crossover. You didn't say it, that. You just said I said I did. I was doing push-up complex where you do staggered, yeah. then you do a regular two. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I ended up catching my finger and almost ripping it off like it was jabbing in my cuticle, right? So all week, this built-in nurse, doctor, uh, wife of mine decides that she knows, hey, she goes to Google or WebMD, and she's telling me all the ways to remedy my fingernail being ripped off my finger. And all of them sound super painful, and I was like, nah. Now, I don't, I'm not listening to you because you're not a licensed medical personnel. You're not licensed. I'm not, no, I'm not going to. So my question to you is, Gary, when you're sick or you're going through some things, what, and somebody's like, hey, man, (laughs) take this or you need to do that. Do you question them or do you just take it because you're just looking for whatever kind of relief you can get? I think it depends on what it is, but I think we need to get to the deeper root of the problem is why are you wearing a watch while working out? Um, you, you cause your own issue, just like they said in football. What? When, when we played football, what did we never have in our shorts? <laughs> what did you not have in your shorts in, in football? Cell phone. No. What did you, you didn't have pockets because you'd catch your finger running you could catch your finger oh, in the pocket. So yeah. none of our shorts had pockets yeah. because they knew it could affect you working out. Well, you caught yourself with the watch. That's on you. Uh, I, that's not what I'm saying. I, I understand. Who, we're not pointing the blame, Gary, <laughs> at whose fault it was. I completely have taken full sole responsibility of doing that to myself. I'm asking you, 
what do you do after that? Do you listen to a non-medical personnel tell you what to do? Or do you you like, oh, okay, as long as it's not hurting and, you know, you monitoring it, that you can get through this? So the question is, are you going to go get it looked at by a medical per- personnel? Right, yeah. Are I, you? I mean, I've been... If you're not, then you just take advice whatever you get. If you're going to go do that, then you wait till you go do that. It's not hurting, Gary. Okay, That's I'm just... It's not bothering me. But then, I mean, I don't know when, you know, that... I, I don't know when that process is going to start, though. Yeah. I would just do whatever you need to do to get it stopped hurting. If you don't go to the doctor, if somebody has a reasonable explanation or something to do to fix it, take it and go. All right, what do you think, Tom? <clears throat> yeah, you got to you got to uh, get it looked at for sure. If it's going to be something that could cause you uh, pain throughout this whole process, because here's the thing: we don't want. What we don't want is a month from now you come on here and you're still whining about this fingernail. Oh, you're still gonna hear that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that what we doing? Oh, y'all brutal on the podcast, bro. I'm telling you about hear that. my ailment, man. I went down at the gym, bro. We supposed to be gym bros. We supposed to take care of each other. Whatever happened to that? I, I do have a question for you, though. I do have a question. Uh, you're known as a biker, right? I know yes. your wife just did a 50-mile bike ride. Yeah. You've done a, what, 200-mile bike ride? Yeah. Okay. So you bike quite a bit, right? I do. So you're always able to continue your pace and all that kind of stuff. So my question to you is, obviously, you're, you're a huge Lance Armstrong fan. So have you got the doping aspect started yet? You and your wife, have y'all started doing the doping so y'all can do all this biking all the time? I know that's something that uh, you're going to transition to because you don't like getting beat. So I do know that's going to be a, something you're going to work towards. So I wonder, have you started oh, that process yet? That's so <laughs> rude, Gary. <laughs> that is so rude, bro. I can't believe you said well, that. You're, you're a huge Lance Armstrong fan. I am. So I'm just I, trying I, to, I know you it, hate to lose. So I'm no, just compounding the two. Nothing, that, ain't, that ain't got nothing to do with me. That don't have nothing. His private life and how he achieved his goals ain't got nothing to do with me. I like the fact that he achieved them. That's what I like about Lance Armstrong. <laughs> I just no, had that uh, question. It's been, it's been bugging me since you've been doing all this. I, I don't know why that's been bugging you. What, what part do you think I want to be good enough to where I want to use drugs to make me better? Well, because I just know you don't like to lose. You don't like to be in the back of the pack. So you're going to take anything you can to get in the front. So I would assume. Oh, Gary, I, I know you've clipped people's tires to make wrecks happen. So what you're telling me is we need to make sure we have a test, test him. Yes. for the diathlon next year. Correct. I think we do because for his whole team. So, okay. so this is what I don't understand. Since y'all taking me down this Lance Armstrong path. Y'all taking me down this Lance Armstrong path because, hey, I'm, I will die defending Lance Armstrong. So you mean to tell me that everybody was doping everybody was doping and you know it gary he just <clears throat> he just got called and maybe the the whole united states postal team got caught everybody was doping he was still that much better than everybody else so if you take the doping away he was still gonna do what he did gary I'll so give it you doesn't a hot matter take. i'll give you a hot take i have no problem with him doping he only had one testicle 
Bro, see you with the jokes and stuff. You with the jokes and stuff, bro. I ain't got time for this. I don't have time for this. Well, he was already at a disadvantage. So he had to get some kind of advantage to make it equal again. Bro, y'all are rude on this podcast. I'm going to leave. I don't don't like the way I'm being treated. (laughs) You got to admit that was a good one, though. Yeah, it was a good one. That was a good one. I'm all for it. But that's my that's my thing with with just him competing. Everybody's like, ah, oh, you know, I, I can't understand, you know, with the doping this and the the doping that. You know, he let down the world. He he still had to put in the work. He still oh, I had agree. To put in the work. And he you know and he still like, the other people that were doping. Yes, like like yes. So that's what I don't understand. Like, and even if you even if you wasn't doping, let's just say that he wasn't doping. And he was doing what he did, and other people was. Then you know how he would have been had he dope. So it's a it's a catch twenty two. I mean, I I'm not saying that it's cool to dope. I'm just saying like he did win seven Tour de France. Yeah, he was uh he was the best. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, needless to say, both of y'all think Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't. Why not? I I don't I don't have a I, I actually honestly. Honestly, I don't really care if he does. I think because I think he already had a Hall of Fame career before he turned to steroids. Okay, hold up, hold up. Now, when we talk about Barry Bonds, and and it's always it's it's hard for me because all the home run hitters are always the ones that are going into the Hall of Fame. You you rarely ever get those guys that uh, it's pitchers and 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 sluggers. Those are the ones that you mostly hear about in the Hall of Fame. With that being said. I'm going to say this. Barry Bonds did that for, what, three years? He didn't do it for 10. He, I could, I could argue Barry Bonds' career being very similar to J.J. Watts, to where he had those three incredible oh, insane. Sir, not even cool. No, I, he was already a Hall of Famer before he started doing steroids. I think. You, I think he would have made the Hall of Tell me you he, don't know a thing about baseball without telling me you don't know a thing about baseball. <laughs> that is about true. <laughs> no, I, so Barry Bonds was already a – he was already a, really? a home run hitter, and he was a good defender, and he was a bat and average. Everything, everything was good. He was oh, a Hall of Fame oh, player before oh. he started doing steroids, I'm, and that I'm, just tarnished his career at, in that aspect. I'm, I'm thinking Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire, yes, Mark McGuire was not a Hall of Fame player. No, 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 that's what I'm. I'm. I got. So I was thinking of when they had the home run. Well, that out. was Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa, but I mean not Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Right, but that's who I was thinking of was Mark McGuire. Yeah, I was thinking of Mark well, McGuire. Well, same thing. Sammy Sosa wouldn't be a Hall of Famer before his steroid stuff. He wouldn't have had a Hall of Fame career. Okay, but I'm I also think Pete Rose deserves being a Hall of Fame. Oh, Pete Rose definitely should be. In the- but I'm wondering why you're you're so complacent with Lance doing it when I when I dare say that Lance's steroids had more of an impact on him. And his ability than Barry Bonds. I would say no because others were doing doping. Obviously, others were doing steroids too. But I say uh, other people were doing steroids in baseball. And they're not in the and they're not in the Hall of Fame either. I, so I I've always I I always found it funny. Like Gary, maybe you could help me out. Gary, maybe you can, Tom, because I, I I don't know a thing about baseball. Know. I don't know. I, I I just know this. I know this, Gary. That steroids are not going to help your hand-eye coordination. Correct. Right. So with that being said, if all I'm adding is power, then what am I? I mean, then how how impactful could it potentially be? Or 
is very similar to Lance Armstrong in cycling. If there's certain things that the steroids can't do. Well, yeah, he still had to have, well, I think Barry Bonds yeah. already had great hand-eye coordination before. The steroids just made him the power numbers skyrocket. And that's, that, that's the biggest issue. Like he didn't need to do the steroids and it looks more like, Oh, I'm just one. I want to have this home run record. He would already been in the hall of fame before that. And, and it, I, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa would not have been, but I think it was more of like you're tarnishing and a, what was it? A 60 year old, 50 year old record that was done. Obviously players weren't as good as they were now, but just in general, like that was not done with steroids. And now if you're going to have steroids knocking those out, I think that's the problem. I think that's the difference between the baseball versus the Tour de France. The baseball is the, the records that stood forever. Lance, Lance won six in a row. That was already going to be a record. Him winning wasn't like a record in general. It was more how many he won. You can still take it away, but he still won one. He didn't win every one of them doping. I'm willing to bet he every one of them he wasn't doping. He probably did towards the end. I was about to say we don't know. I don't know. We don't know for sure. As I'm saying, nobody knows though. Right, and I don't think we'll ever know. And that's the thing is like you can't. So you can't. I'm gonna say his first two to three he probably wasn't doping, and then he might have lost a step, and then he started doing it to dope to make sure he continues winning. But like baseball, you have these records that were set by all these people. He Lance wasn't setting speed records. He was just winning. These are records that have been set forever, and then they're just getting tarnished because of steroids. I think that's the biggest issue between baseball and the, the Tour de France stuff. Well, should should we be upset that um, you know certain records got put in place while there was segregation, and so white people got to play against lesser talent? I wouldn't say lesser. I would say that the talent did eventually come over. I'm just saying there were clearly well, athletes that could have been playing that weren't. No, I agree. I agree there definitely was talent, but that was the times. I don't think you t- you changed things because of the way the times were. And you, uh, you uh, and, I, and I would argue that steroids was the times for baseball. <laughs> no, there was only there was only like 10 people that got caught with steroids. That got caught? I yeah. bet it was like 80% of the league using it, though. Uh, Ken Griffey didn't. Vlad didn't. And everybody likes to plant their flag on Ken Griffey. I understand. Vlad, Vlad, Vlad Guerrero is my I favorite. I hope one day, I hope one day it comes out. You know, I love Ken Griffey Jr., but I hope one day it comes out he was using steroids too. Vlad's that's where everybody likes to plant their flag. But Ken Griffey Jr. didn't. Well, Vlad's my favorite player of all time. Okay. So. But this this is the the question I, I was going to ask about baseball because I've never seen him play. Gary's never seen him play. And, and, and Tom, you've never seen him play. You've probably never seen any highlights of him. But when you talk about the greatest baseball player of all time, Babe Ruth's name continues to come up and surface every time we talk about greatest players of all time, even though no one's ever seen him play. I saw a couple of highlights of him, and the great Bambino wasn't what we thought he was. It won't be – he won't go down as the greatest player in about six to eight years. Six to eight years, there'll be a new greatest player of all time, and he will be – Japanese-born Shohei Atani. Hey. Really? Because he's doing what Babe Ruth did. And that's why they consider Babe Ruth the greatest, because he hit home runs and he pitched as well. And Shohei's doing both, and he's doing them at a great uh, – he's he was the MVP last year in last year's baseball. Argu- he's arguably this year. Obviously, Aaron Judge is leading every category, but he, yeah. Aaron Judge doesn't pitch. 
and they're going to give the MVP to the player that's on a team that's win. They don't do it because, again, I have a problem with MVPs because it should be the best player in the league, not the best player on the best team. I don't I – that's not that de- – determined that destroys the whole aspect of the most valuable player in general well i i, I don't even think it should be best player because mvp to me sounds it stands for most valuable so if you're the most valuable to your team you might be the best player but you might not be the most valuable person to your team i think there should be two awards if you want to do mvp and then a best player award or something i, I think that'd be fine i think shohei will go down as the best player of all time if he continues doing what he's doing right now speaking of that speaking of that how sorry are the angels that they can't even make the playoffs with two generational talents on their team and they That's, may lose one next year that organization must be trash it, well the owner's trying to sell he doesn't the owner's trying to sell now, it's so. funny that you say that because we feel like that about the Lakers. Damn. You just said a whole bunch just did. We say that about the Lakers all the time when they had Westbrook and LeBron James. No, 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 you no, got no, two no, generational no. talents on your team in, and can't even in, make the playoffs. Oh, they had three. They had three. 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 I'm sorry. Three and couldn't even make the playoffs. But you know what? We're not going to let LeBron James hijack this podcast. Go ahead and say what you was going to say. Stoke that fire. Stoke that fire. This is in their prime. Low hanging fruit, Gary. Low hanging fruit, Gary. LeBron and Westbrook are nowhere near their prime. Even though LeBron, and I know why you're confused, see? I know why you're confused. Because even though LeBron's going to be in year 20, He's still putting up MVP numbers. So I see why you're confused. What? I see what? why you're confused. <laughs> I see why you're confused. He's still I see, he going he to plant that flag there. He's going to plant that flag there. He's going to plant that flag there. Okay. Man. Okay. Well, I woke time up now. I woke him up. He hey. up now. But real quick, speaking, because we just talked about MVP awards and awards, I kind of want to transition us out of this into some big news that just dropped today, and I want to get y'all's take on it as both former Pro Bowlers. Uh, I know we've talked about in the past how the Pro Bowl already lost some of its luster when they took it out of Hawaii. Um, But now they're moving to completely getting rid of the Pro Bowl, flag football game and skills competitions in Las Vegas. What, what, as former Pro Bowlers yourselves, what do y'all think about this move by the NFL? I think it's absolutely awesome. Gary's not going to probably agree with me. I think it's awesome from a standpoint of as long as you're paying these players what you would have paid them had they played in that football game, uh, the skills competition, that's more so for the fans to come out and enjoy seeing, you know, their favorite player. But it should be a vacation because we treated it as such anyway. And not only did we treat it as such, it was a lot of people bitching and moaning and complaining about playing in uh, uh, the Pro Bowl and us not giving it our all. Well, this is your opportunity. We did what you wanted us to do, and we did away with the Pro Bowl. So nobody should be upset, including you, Gary. Nobody should be upset, and everybody should accept this because you wanted this. You wanted this, and we gave you exactly what you wanted. Go oh, ahead, Gary. I'm all for now having the Pro Bowl. Ever since they now if they were left in Hawaii, that's a different story because players get to go to Hawaii. When it was in Orlando and Miami, that was just a waste of time. Players don't want to go there. Players didn't want to go there, and that makes it even harder for players to even want to be there. Uh, but 
I do not like the flag football game if it's going to use active players because you're eventually because you're going to see uh, players in the flag football game go harder than you did in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, because they're not, and they're, you're going to see more injuries. I truly believe you might see ACL stuff because people are going to be trying to cut on that grass and they're going to get caught and so, something's eventually going to happen and then they're going to have to tell it and tailor it down. I guarantee you, I'm going to call it now because players are going to play harder in the flag football than they did in the NFL game. And it's going to in the pro bowl. And it's actually going to, I think cause more injuries in the long term. I got a great way to fix that flag football. Game. Don't have NFL, NFL players. The NFL. If you want to reach out to me, man, I got a great idea. Got a great idea. Be a great activation. I think the skills challenge is fine. I think all that stuff's fine. I think the players shouldn't be forced to play in a flag football game if they don't want to. I know they're going to try to, but again, like I think the biggest thing is the players should still get their the Pro Bowl bonus for making the Pro Bowl. You're going to see less players back out now too. Right. That's going to be very interesting. That's going to be very, very... Now, if they take away their bonuses or they slash it, you're going to see more players back out. <laughs> yes. Do you think that this move, because, um, I mean, I think the Pro Bowls have already been losing a little luster, but if you think about, you know, when people talk about all-time greats, it, it seems like they almost always bring up Pro Bowls. Does this move lessen in people's mind the, the honor of being in the Pro Bowl? I don't think it should because I, it's still the same honor. Uh, but I feel like the fact that it's like becoming, um, you know, a lesser event eventually might cause people to look at it. Pro Bowl and All-Star games and all that stuff should never count towards any of your accolades. What? Because it's, it's fan voted. A lot of it's fan voting. It should not count towards your accolades. I, I truly believe that. I think all pros should. I think and Super Bowls and stuff like that. I don't think Pro Bowl does because a lot of it's fan voting and a lot of a lot of the weighing of it is fan voting for MLB and for NFL that determines who's in it. And I don't think that fans shouldn't have that vote because if you're a popular player, you get voted in as long as you have a mediocre uh, season. And I don't think I think that tarnishes what the Pro Bowl is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the best players of the year. And it is usually not a lot of you always hear about the the snubs guys that get snubbed that deserved it because they play that year, but because they're not on a good team or because they didn't uh, have the the fan vote, they don't make it in. That's why I think it should not be an accolade people rest their hat on. It needs to be overall. Now, if it was based on just coaches and players voting, then that's all for it. Or the you actually base it off the stats and took away the fan vote. I would be for it, but when it becomes a popularity contest, it should not be an accolade that is used to determine how good somebody is. Okay. I need you to give me an example, Gary, because you're making it sound like people are making the Pro Bowl that uh, shouldn't make the Pro Bowl. I mean, I, 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 I know what you're saying, but I want you to clean it up for the fans, if you will. Uh, I, I, I'll give you an example. Like Odell Beckham Jr. making a Pro Bowl when he didn't have a, a better year than another receiver had that year. But because he is who he is, he made it with uh, less than normal numbers. But then you also have to factor in the fact that, okay, maybe he's getting double teamed or something like that. So it's, it's really tough, Gary, to even figure out, like, who's Pro Bowl calendar and who, um, caliber and who's not. Um, let's see. Kyler Murray made the uh, Pro Bowl last year. 
and uh, Matthew Stafford didn't. And Kyler Murray had 20 touchdowns. Stafford had 35. They both had 10 interceptions. Um, and Stafford obviously went and won the Super Bowl. Obviously, he didn't make it in general because he was going to be in the Super Bowl, but he did not make it to 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 walk away from it. I get what you're saying. So I'm just saying, like, it, it should be big, like, and I'll even use me for example. I didn't make so, it outright. So, I didn't make it outright, and I was better than the other than two of the other guys that were in the Pro Bowl. Right. But because my team, because my team wasn't very good, obviously I'm not going to make it. We were. I was on the Browns. We didn't win many games. And so I didn't make it, and I ended up eventually getting it because Robert Kowski was in the Super Bowl, all that kind of stuff, so I ended up making yeah. it. But I'm just saying, like, that year, I, statistically, me and uh, Delaney Walker both had better uh, seasons than two of the other players that made it over us, but their teams right. were playoff teams, so they made it. That's where I'm saying, like, the accolades, it should be based off of your stats that you do that year, not based off of – a fan vote and just because the team's doing well. Gotcha. So there's, cause there's a ton of them in baseball. It happens all the time in baseball. You'll have pitchers that are outstanding, but they might be on the pirates. Oh, well, they're not going to make it. And it just doesn't make sense. Like it, I think if they're having a good year, they deserve to make it. And you'll see like Mike Trout, Mike Trout's made the, the all-star game. However many years last year, he did not deserve to make it. He made it because it's Mike Trout. He did not have a good year. He was hurt, but he still made it. This year, I think, was the same thing. He was hurt most of the year beginning, but he still made the All-Star game because of who he is. But he didn't deserve to be in the All-Star game. That's the problem I have is players make it that don't deserve it because they're not. They're either hurt or they don't play a lot, and their stats don't line up, and they knock out people that deserve to be in it that year because they played outstanding that year so far. And that's that's why I'm saying the fan voting plays in it because people just vote for their their favorite player or their favorite team and they can win by that. Yeah. So I think that tarnishes a little bit of the accolades of oh this guy's a 12-time Pro Bowler or 12-time All Star. Well, there's yeah some of them are very good, some of them may not be, but I I just don't think you can give it all of them. That's that's the only problem I have. So wouldn't you say that you know part of your team being like your team is good that can also hurt you uh, so say like for your position tight end say you play with two really good wide receivers but you still put up pretty good numbers wouldn't that so say like so say say the Bengals tight end you know they have Jamar Chase T Higgins Tom mm-hmm. Boyd. say he puts up you know above average season whereas maybe like Kyle Pitts has better numbers but they're slightly better wouldn't you say that the fact that the, the Bengals tight end is able to put up these numbers with those type of receivers, whereas, you know. A lot of factors. A lot nope. of factors. I, I would say no because he still – I base it off of just stats of that year. But Doesn't, see, I don't, I don't the stats can tell the whole story because, like, Kyle Pitts is going to be second in targets or at, at worst behind Drake London, mm-hmm. and whereas the Bengals tight end is probably going to be third or fourth. Which tells you their offense is a lot better, so you would expect them to have them numbers. You wouldn't expect – uh, Kyle Pitts to have those numbers because he's still got to be able to do something with that team. I think I think you still have to take into account what I mean. I don't know who who were the other the tight ends in your season was Gronk one of them that you had better numbers than. No, uh, actually Gronk was number two. Uh, the biggest one was he was actually that you said it was the Bengals tight end, uh, Tyler. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Eifert. Eifert, yeah, because he had because he had twelve t- or thirteen touchdowns, but he had five hundred yards or six hundred yards receiving that year. 
I had a thousand and nine. Perfect team to use as an example. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying, but, but see, I had a thousand and nine. He, I think, he had fourteen or fifteen touchdowns and like six hundred yards. But he made it because of that, the because of his touchdowns and since he was in the playoffs. And, like, and if I don't know if we have to equate it out. Um, also depends on how many fantasy points you probably got, people, because that's what another. <laughs> oh, I agree. That probably plays. Uh, no, honestly, that probably that, does yeah, play into the out. fan vote. But that's what I'm saying. Like the fan vote probably doesn't, should never be a factor. I know fans may not want to hear it, but I don't think they should have a say if somebody makes it to a Pro Bowl just because you're a fan of them. Do you think you make it if you don't have the butt catch? Yes. Because I think the butt. Catch I don't is honestly. I didn't make it outright. If if Gronk, if Gronk wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl, I would never win. The butt catch oh. puts you on the map, Gary. Yeah, but I, I still I had the numbers. That's the thing. <laughs> So that's I, that's I the whole thing. My biggest thing is his numbers. It should be come down to numbers. How I'm many butt catch, pitchers, butt, butt catch pitchers have you signed, Gary? Uh, not as many as you would think. <laughs> Do you sign on the crack? But I will say uh, you're, you're, you're hypothetical with Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Pitts and, uh, and Hayden Hurst of Cincy. If it was close and you wanted to give it to him, I would be no fine. But if it's not close – then it shouldn't even be a question. It should definitely come to stats. If you, if it's a close, like maybe a couple catches and a couple maybe 100 yards or 200 yards, okay, now I'm fine with either way. But if it's a big discrepancy, it should go to the player with the better stats. Well, so at that point, you got to weigh uh, – how many touchdowns did you say you had? Nine. And he had 14? I believe. That's a pretty big gap, Gary. Correct, yeah, but, but I also had 500 more yards. Yeah, five, yeah, he only had 600 yards receiving, 13 touchdowns. Gary had a thousand nine nine touchdowns. Yeah, that's, so. that's that's a tough bounce. That's a tough bounce. I'll see what you mean though. Yeah. So, hey, that point, I, so that's I, the thing. I just think it's stats. It does come down to stats in general. It should for Pro Bowl more because you see too many players get get snubbed because of that. Yeah. So speaking of Gary and uh, signing butts. D'Angelo, didn't you have a question for us? I, I do. I do have a question. Uh, I actually have two, <clears throat> but I, this one's going to take a little bit more time, so I guess we'll talk about this one first. My question to you today is, is how many times do you go on a date before you say, hey, we're dating? Like, it's official. We're a thing now. Like, do you have to come out and say that, or is it just kind of understood after X amount of dates? I'll start off. Uh, if it's never came out and said, you're never officially dating. What? You should never assume you're dating somebody if it's never officially said. What? Because you got to make it known. If if what if what if you were in it's one not place? Known that every other night we going on a date. No, because what if that night you're not going on a date? They're on going on a date with somebody else. Oh, so. That's like, you have to make it known you're exclusive. So, so, so hold on, hold on, hold on. We you you saying like you you have to make it known. It can't be an understood where okay, you coming over my house, I'm staying over your house. We got clothes and stuff over each other's house. So you're that's not a couple me, dates though. That's that, long term. I'm talking about if you said a couple dates. I'm saying after how many after a couple dates. I say you have to make it known because if it could be you could be going dates. Maybe you go on a date once every week. Or whatever for three months. Well, you don't know what that person's doing the other six days. Like if you don't tell, if you're not, if you haven't made it known and it's exclusive, you can't assume it's exclusive. 
you have to talk. You have to have that discussion. And that's the thing is like people are afraid to have that discussion, but you have to because if you don't, that other person can be in a different place in their life and they may not be want to be tied down and they may be doing other stuff because you don't, they don't know. I think you have to make it known. And I think it's, it's, you can't expect it to be exclusive until it's made known. Yeah. And I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot gear. Don't you say nothing time. Don't you say nothing. I'm putting you on the spot gear. How many dates do you go on before, uh, intimacy is, uh, like you start talking about intimacy. How many, like that could be first date, could be second date, could be 12 dates. Depends on each each person, each group. Okay. All right. What about you, Ty? Go ahead. <laughs> and Gary, I mean, and, and let's, let's not even act like there has to be dates in today's world. For Correct. There right. does, <laughs> you have you have Tinder, you have Bumble, you have all these other things that that's the, technically they say it's for dating, but it's really not. Yes, I don't think there's a set number of dates before it's official, but I do think that you know, there does have to be a talk amongst the two people where they discuss their expectations of the relationship. What, like, hey, what, you know, the, the, the good old, so what are we? <laughs> Conversation. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the, the famous words that make guys uh, vanish like Thanos just snapped his fingers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, uh, it, it, hey, you I, say that. Some girls vanish with that too. Some girls don't want to be locked down too. That's true. That's true. But I, I don't think there's a certain set number. I think it, you know, it depends on the people in the relationship. But I do think that there needs to be a conversation of expectations set on like what each person wants out of the relationship because that's how uh, people get hurt. That's how you end up being a jerk to her friends or you know a player to her friends. Because maybe she Bro. thinks y- y'all are. In you're you're gonna be a player no matter what. Bro, I, I'm gonna tell you something. Out. I'm gonna tell you something, Gear. I and and I've been thinking about this a lot. I have really been thinking about to to down to the point where I think I can get y'all to understand my way of thinking on this. What if I told you that labels don't matter? What if I told you I what agree. we what we are doesn't matter? Tom, what if I told you as long as you are happy? And I'm doing what you're asking me to do. Why does it matter what else that I'm doing? As long as in that moment you're happy and your mind is at ease. Well, because some people crave uh, monogamy and why they want to you to be their person and to do stuff with you um, and for you to be the one that they have. Whereas if you don't have that discussion, yeah, when you're seeing me in the moment, everything's well and good. But like Gary said, if if you're not dating, then when the other person's gone, who knows what that person is doing? Um, which if that's what you want to do and that's what your relationship is with that person, that's fine. But if one person in the uh, situationship uh, that wants it to be exclusive, uh, then that's never going to work out. Never going to work out. But no, I do agree that labels don't mean anything. I don't. I think right. labels are just. It's. I think labels are society given, and it's a way to. to so, so that's to, to so that's, define your relationship. Right. So so what I mean by that, Tom and, and Gary, this is what I mean by that. So when you're asked that 
that that Thanos question where I snap my fingers. What are we? What? Why are you even asking that question? If I'm showing you what I want to show you, and that this is this, and I understand you, you know, it could be translated as in like, hey, I want to settle down. It could be, hey, it's a peace offering. I don't want to really take it farther than this. I just want to be friends. Whatever the case may be, like we don't have to define this because right now there's no expectations attached to this. Because once you decide what this is, then the expectations start creeping in. And that's when you let you you leave room for letdown and then you start having issues and stuff like that. Like you said, Tom, people want those labels because they want to put expectations on them. So with that being said, this was working out great before you asked that Thanos question and what are we? And that's when it goes downhill from there because now I'm able to put the expectations on something because expectations are attached to labels. And that's why I say, what if we lived in a world without labels? I think right, they, but, but the expectations is uh, something I think that some people want. Some people want to be able to expect you to choose them over everyone else. Some people want you to expect you to put uh, them before yourself sometimes. Some people want to, uh, to expect you to not want to be with other people because you are with them. When you don't have that label, uh, it's very easy to say, oh, well, we're not dating. We're not, we're not dating. I can go hang out with so-and-so. I can go, you know, go on a date with this other girl because uh, I'm not dating. So, it's 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 a label in one sense, but it's also like I said, it's the expectations that come with that, and I think that that is something that um, some humans crave. Some people, we all have that friend in our lives that we know since we were kids that they just wanted so badly to be in a relationship because they crave that companionship. They crave they just enjoy having someone that is their person. And then you have those people. We all have those people too that are the complete opposite. That hate, that hate the feeling of being tied down, that hate the feeling of having to answer to somebody or communicate with somebody what they're doing or, or, or you know, uh, give up their freedoms be, to be with somebody. We all have those people that we know. So there's, there's going to be people on both ends of that spectrum. But, you know, it's somewhere in the middle, I think, where you can find the answer. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if people, I don't know how big our female demographic is, but I wonder how many females out there listening to us like, dear Lord, these men don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> well, well we're, we just know what, what, we're, what we've seen. That's all. Yeah. Like, I would say the main, the main, the biggest aspect, I think, that, but the question that we wanted is, are we exclusive? Because I think that's the biggest thing. If you're seeing other people, they may not want to continue the relationship. I think that's probably the biggest thing that people need to know after a certain amount of dates or whatever it is. And that's from both sides. Because a guy may not want his girl with other guys. A girl may not want her guy with other girls or vice versa, whatever. So I think it could go either way. I think that's probably the biggest label that people want to know and then they'll work out the rest from there but everybody's different and that's the thing it's like nobody's the same everybody wants different things and if you try to like like you said like uh the women demographic may not like what we're but this is just our interpretation obviously we don't know everything we just know from what uh, we've seen and yeah. experienced and that's what we give 
and we give what we, we know. That's all we know and what we've heard and seen. It's not like the all being or anything like that. So this is just what we've experienced and seen from people we know. And you know, it's funny. We talk about uh, women not liking our thoughts on certain situations. Uh, we were at church uh, yesterday, and the pastor actually had a pretty funny story. That is so true. He's talking about how he is like, I'm in the room with my wife, and we're having a conversation. And then 24 hours later, when we talk about that conversation, her interpretation is way different than my interpretation. So I think men and women can have the same words spoken out loud, but because of the way our brains think, we will both take different things from that conversation and lock it in as what that conversation was about. Well, as I say, I believe that if if me and D were two women talking about situations, men may not understand or agree with it either. Because women think 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 things a certain way, men think things a certain way, and that's why we work well together. And I think that's why people may not like certain things you say, but we might not understand certain things women say. We may not like certain things they say. I think it's both sides. There's nothing wrong with either. It's we all have our own opinions and thoughts, and that's why you talk about it together and you explain and you figure things out. And, and to go to go from one extreme to the other as far as uh, wisdom nuggets from this weekend. So I was at Red this weekend, which uh, is a honky-tonk country bar. <laughs> and another conversation about the difference between men and women came up. And uh, a guy says, here's what women don't understand about us, is that whenever, we're, whenever they ask us a question, our brain walks to the file where the question is, opens the box, gets out the answer, reads it, puts it back in the box, closes the file, and then goes back about our business. When you ask a woman a question, she attaches to the internet, has 20 tabs open. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's like, there's just so much more thinking that goes into it. And I think that that might also be true, uh, which, which gets us in trouble sometimes. Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> I had a, a, conversation very similar to this because uh i always get asked like you know when i'm talking to my friends like for instance like gary i could be like hey man i met a a, a, a new dude man like I, I think he cool man like ah okay cool like where'd you meet him at you know i'm like ah, i met him you know so and so so and so but uh he seemed like a cool dude like ah okay cool you know that's it but if i go to my wife and i'd be like ah honey i made a new friend today She'll go, oh, really? What does he do? And I'm like, what? What does he do? I don't know. Hell, I just met him. <laughs> I don't know. We didn't talk about that. I didn't say, hey, man, what do you do for work? Like, women, like, want to know stuff about you. Whereas, like, guys, you can hit us with surface stuff, and we'll think you're, like, the coolest person ever. Like, oh, man, that was pretty cool. Like, hey, man, I took a shower today. Like, oh, that's what's up, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we're like the simplest, but they try to make us so complicated, though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I can't tell you the amount of times Cynthia has asked me, what are you thinking about? And I say nothing because <laughs> I'm literally not thinking about anything. <laughs> yeah. just, but she don't believe me. She's like, no, I can tell you thinking about something. I was like, no, I'm really just sitting here. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, but I can tell you this though, I, and this is the God honest truth, bro. 
when I'm watching TV and like I go off into like those like and she's like, what are you thinking about? I'm like, nah, I can't tell you because I'm thinking of like the most twisted, sadistic shit that you can ever think about. Like as it relates to this TV show, like, man, this would have been a better scene had they did this, 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 this and this. And I'm seeing it in my mind. And she'll go, well, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, nah, that just wouldn't go over well. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I understand that for sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And, and here's the here's the last question. Here's the last question to wrap up this podcast. Uh, and I asked Gary this, so I'm going to let Gary go first. And I'm, you got to tell me why, Gary. The most fa- The most talented Michael of all time. Jackson. It it could it could be Michael Jackson. It could Michael be Michael Jackson. Jordan. That's my answer. Michael Keaton. It Michael be Jackson Keaton. because he revolutionized uh, music. Michael he influenced Jackson. so many people that are artists now, and just between the Jackson Five and and him himself as a solo, I think he did so much more for the music industry and and world in general because, and than any other Michael out there. Okay. Tom, are you ready? Because my answer... I already know what he's going to say because he won't say the other Michaels. <laughs> there's a lot of Michaels, bro. Yeah, there's... but there's only two that people ever say. <laughs> Michael, take your pick. Jackson, Jordan, Tyson. Uh, I messed that up. Yeah, Jordan, you, you didn't even think about Mike Tyson, Gary. You ain't even... Mike Tyson's not on the same level as Jordan or Jackson, so... <laughs> Michael I don't even Keaton? think I don't even think Michael Jeffrey Jordan is the most talented Michael Jordan. I think Michael B. Jordan is more talented than him. You see how he muted himself hey, bro, after he tri- said that. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> hold up. I can't I, I, keep a straight face. I was dying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously though, what, who do you think is the most talented Michael of all time? Uh, that's uh, I mean I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan so that's kind of an unfair question and and here's the thing is Mike I think it's hard to say because obviously um, Michael Jordan is to a lot of people the best basketball player uh, the best athlete of all time so <clears throat> I think people will land on that you know based on what they enjoy. I, I personally would pick Michael Jackson just for, you know, some of the similar reasons, like Gary said, like he revolutionized, um, you know, the singing, combining it with dancing. Um, and not only that, he started at such a young age uh, and, you know, was famous his whole life. Like, I don't think people realize how hard it is, like, to be that famous your whole life. I mean, obviously, we can see, you can point at how his life, you know, ended and how his, you know, the the strange things that revolved around him as like, okay, this is what fame did to him at an early age. Because, you know, a lot of times the kids um, that would grow over there say that part of why he enjoyed having kids around so much is because he didn't have a childhood. And because of that, he liked to have kids around to remind him or like give him that childlike feeling. Um, you know, and then obviously that opens him up to all the, the scandal talk. Uh, even though I saw a very interesting uh, interview, honestly, it was just this past week, and it just randomly popped up on my Facebook that they were interviewing Aaron Carter, Nick Carter's little brother. And 
he was talking about how he doesn't believe anybody that says that Michael molested them because he said that he would be over there all the time as a little kid when he was in his heyday, and he never got any vibes like that from Michael. And he, and his parents even wanted to fake a lawsuit against Michael whenever Aaron got back because he said, yeah, my parents wanted to jump in and do that, even though I told them no, like nothing ever happened. Like, what are you talking about? And he said they still were trying to pursue that because they were trying to go after money. Like, <laughs> that just shows you it is possible. It's possible that people would jump in on something just to go after money. I mean, I feel like we do know that's possible already, but yeah, so for me, it's Michael Jackson. I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. Um, Michael Jordan, him, my, I, I, it's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, the LeBron versus Michael Jordan. I understand if you say Michael Jordan in that battle, but for me, it's somebody else. So I'm, I'm gonna go with Jackson. Okay. Well, next week, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the most famous Steve. Okay, well, I want to go talk about one more thing before we leave because I have to bring it up. Obviously, not in play. I have to bring it up. Um, I am. Can we stop fooling ourselves saying the NFL cares about concussions and all this stuff? I was trying my best to get out of here without getting to that, Gary. I really was. Can we can we stop saying they actually care about the injury aspect and safety and all that kind of stuff? How do you have a man get up after getting hit late? and hits his head on the turf, gets up, literally stumbles, and then falls, gets up again, goes to the locker room, and comes back out the next half. Nope, he didn't have a concussion. He had a back issue. He had something in his back that was affecting him. That blows my mind that there's no way you can tell me that wasn't a concussion. He could not stand up. He was wobbly-kneed. It just bothers me that because it's a primetime game, it's two good teams right now, they have to show it out and do all this kind of stuff. And, oh, they're going to make sure he plays. He 1,000%. And there's my child. There's my child. It just this blows a, my mind. That, this will stop him from talking about no, that. No, I still have to. <laughs> He's been very angry about this, guys. Hey, it's Digger. you a rock. But, but but here's the here's the thing, Gary. I I agree with you 100%. But this is not what I took from that game. This is not what I took from that game at all. And I'm a little bit pissed off that you took that from this game. What you should have took from this game is the fact that the fans of the team don't care about his health because they wanted to win so bad that they looked over the fact that this man could be really hurt. We've talked about this on this podcast a million times on what's courageous versus what's just absolutely stupid in terms of you getting out on the field and playing while you're hurt and putting yourself in harm's way. Like, we all talked about how cool it was when quarterbacks were stumbling down the field last week with high ankle sprains and rib injuries and with the Chargers and them playing through like, oh, it's a gutsy performance, even though that they lost. And then this guy goes out there with half a brain or half of it knocked off, depending on how you want to look at that cup. They let him play. They come back and win the game, and everybody go out and buy his jersey because he's a gutsy performer. And we as, like, players that have played in this league are like, dude, what the hell is wrong with you? You should have set that one out. But as a player, you're going to try and come back. But as a yes. team, it's your responsibility yes. not to let him come back because you know he had a concussion. And 
it's funny that they said they're going to do an investigation. The union is going to check it all out. Nothing's going to come of it. He's, nothing, they're going to the whole aspect of trying to cover up. Oh, he had a back issue, which is why he couldn't stand. No, he had a concussion. Nah, it's clear as day he had a concussion. Bro, and he came back and they won that game. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. They come back. They come back and now he injured himself even more. Then now we really on the we we really talking about something serious. But it's very interesting because the fans, if you look, you, you talk to the Miami Dolphin fans, they'll say, ah, yeah, he may have had a concussion. It was gutsy. It was a great performance. He stepped back in after that. This just proves that you guys can play with a concussion, without a concussion, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, And what? again, those are the same fans that saying, you signed up for CTE, you know what you're getting yeah. into, and yeah, if you get CTE, right. whatever, and this is why yeah. there's that huge settlement that happened because of concussions right. and brain injuries, right. and it's why athletes keep still dying with CTE because of stuff like this. It's, and again, it's just stuff like that shouldn't happen. Obviously, it's going to happen because the, they it's about money, but players should not – the players are always going to try and get back out there because that's what, the, that's what we're going to do. Us as players, we're going to, but it's the team's responsibility to not allow you. Right. And and, and I get that. I, I, I get that. So this – so you putting this on the team because obviously – Yeah, because I know if you were hurt yeah. and it was a – like you were yeah. playing – you're going to go back out there. But if yeah. the team stops you, there's nothing you can do about it. It's right. on the team. and the, It's actually the team doctors. Right. You They're gotta the protect ones who, us from us. Yes. Right? Because we're the yeah. That's, that's how we're we're taught. That's how we are. That's how we're we're yes. gonna not we're gonna play through injury as long as the team allows it. Yes, you're absolutely right about that. And I mean that's something that we gotta probably come to terms with it within ourselves, but that's not gonna be anytime soon. But again, the so, problem is if you don't play through it in the NFL as we know, if you don't play through it, somebody else will take your place. Yep. So you're gonna so try and force yourself job. to play through. And Tua, he had all that hate last year about being traded, possibly all this kind of stuff. This is a prove-it year. You think yeah. he doesn't want to prove it to show that he's still the guy there? He's going to definitely try and come out. This, this is on the team, Bro, I think. This was very insane because, you know, we saw something very similar to this, but we had the close-up view of 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 Keekly's eyes when it happened to him and everybody, the whole NFL and the whole family it was a was it a Sunday night or a Monday night game? It was a primetime game, and it it literally shook us to our core. The same exact thing happened to this young man, and he got up, he wobbled off, and we was like, "Ooh, that's a concussion!" Like, "Oh, we ain't gonna see him till like, oh shit, he's he's mal- back." Literally, back. he missed like five plays. Yeah, <laughs> like he, his back. Like what? He? <laughs> oh, okay. All right, yeah. Time, you got anything on that, and then you can pull us out. Yeah. No, I, I mean, my thing is, as a fantasy owner, um, you know, I'm glad he got back in there. I needed them points. I needed them points in the second half, baby. No, no, I'm the, all jokes aside. Yeah, they, 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 can't, they can't act, you know, have all these rules in place where they're wearing those stupid halo helmets in the preseason, and then something like this happens. I mean, you saw before the game was even over, the NFLPA had like released a statement that they want the NFL to look at their policies again because of that situation. Like, look at the the uh, concussion protocol just because of that game. So, you know, I, I, I don't think anything's gonna come of it because they're just gonna say 
the union will get behind it. I don't know if the union actually does care enough. Right. But that, that made me think, is it is it that they knew that people were going to be having that discussion just like you guys just did? And so they had to get in front of it. Optics, baby. Optics. Right. Because y'all, y'all, y'all know y'all players. Players gonna play. Yep. Players gonna play. I mean, yeah, that's what you pay us to do. And if we don't do it, then we, we get don't get paid, moniker. and you cut we, us. We, we get the same moniker that Gary tried to give us about. Hey, how durable is he? And can he make <laughs> it through a season? Like that's the questions that we don't want to have to go through. That's why we play through the injuries that we play through. Gary, you were turning into people that we didn't like. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all for joining us. Damn it, uh, on another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar podcast, Gary still has lost his damn mind. I'm still the sensible one on the podcast. In time, we still don't see you, brother. Hey. We out. Hey, he was on time today, though. <laughs> Early. Unintended. Early at that. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 